Hey, 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 welcome to a new episode of I Mean, Can We Discuss? And I am your host, Asher Ferguson. I know it's been a little while. I'm sure you guys missed me. I'm sure you guys missed my voice and my wondrous humor. (laughs) Or maybe you took this time to binge and catch up on the previous episodes, which if you have, thank you so very much. I really appreciate you. But for today, I have a special interview lined up. I had the privilege of interviewing Dr. Marika Lindholm and to discuss her new project that she has coming up, which is We Got This, a book about solo mom stories of grit, humor, and heart, which was which is to be published by She Writes Press coming out September 10th, 2019. So look out for that, you guys. But I wanted to read some facts that she actually included in here. And it is, in the United States alone, there are 15 million hardworking, diverse, dedicated, and resilient women single mothers. This fall, 75 Solo Moms Voices will be featured in the groundbreaking title, We got this solo mom stories of grit, heart, and humor, as I just told you guys. They unite to break the stigma around single moms to empower others facing similar situations and to show the ferocity of the love they feel for their children. This book is filled with essays, poems, and inspirational quotes. We Got This features moms connected by a conscious collation despite age, race, culture, sexual orientation, economic circumstances, and route to single motherhood. So in here, there's actually going to be some work by Anne Lamott and Amy Poehler, um, which is Dr. Marika Lindholm's way of trying to bring stories from all these single moms from all these different avenues for you guys. Now let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Marika Lindholm. She founded esme.com, that is E-S-M-E dot com, to ignite a social movement of solo moms, a trained sociologist, Lindholm taught courses on equality, diversity, and gender at Northwestern University for over a decade. After a divorce left her parenting two children of her own, she realized solo moms lacked much-needed resource, support, and connection. She built her social platform, empowering solo moms everywhere, out of this combination of academic and personal experience. In addition to publishing numerous scholarly articles, Lindholm has been a regular contributor to Psychology Today, Working Mother, Mind Body Green, and Talkspace. She has published essays and fiction in the Daily News, Elephant Journal, The Hill, Miss Silent Voices, and the Southern Indiana Review. I mean, the girl is a force to be reckoned with. Okay, so 
I'm not going to sit here and do all the praise for her. I'm going to let her do the praise for you guys as you get to know her in this wonderful interview that I had with her. I mean, I just love it when people actually take it upon themselves to help people, like especially solo moms. I was a solo mom for a long time before I found my husband. And it's hard. Like, it's really hard. So let's give it up for Dr. Marie Gillingholm and let's get right into it, guys. You're listening to, I mean, can we discuss? And I am your host, Astrid Ferguson. We will be discussing different issues that can be debated, articulated, chopped up any kind of way. There's no real set way to this. It could be culturally, it could be socially, it could just be how we're feeling today. So you're here for the randomness and I hope you're here to stay. So remember to subscribe, share, and tell me what you think. Hi everybody and welcome back to a new episode of I Mean Can We Discuss? And today, in the guest chair, I have Marika Lindholm. Hi, Marika. Hi, great to be here. It's good having you. So why don't you tell us, in your own words, about you and the projects that you have coming up? Great. Um, Well, I'm a sociologist, first and foremost. I taught at Northwestern University for 15 years. And while I was there, I got divorced, and it was really tough. And um, decided at some point when I had the strength and resources that I wanted to do something for single moms, who I now call solo moms. And I founded a website called Esme.com, which is um, for support and resources of single moms. And the project that's most recent and the most passionate about right now is a book called We Got This Stories of Grit, Heart and Humor. Uh, it's yeah, solo mom stories of grit, heart, and humor. Not even doing a good job with my own title, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and um, and it's a collection of essays and poems by solo mom writers. Some that are very well known, and some that are um, not so well known. Hopefully, to be discovered. Really great writers and a wonderful collection. And so, I'm really consider myself a solo mom ally, and that's what I work on every day. And um, I'm proud and honored to do so. That's awesome. Um, So um, if you don't mind me asking, how soon after you became a solo mom did you embark on this journey of putting out that website? Oh, it took me 10 years just to regroup and recover and make sure my kids were okay because they were three and five when I divorced. And uh, Mm -hmm. it was a really challenging time. And then... um, subsequently remarried and was you know had this opportunity and we actually had eight kids together don't even it's a big story but Mm. it's it's yours mine ours somebody else's you know I've adopted kids as well Um, so finally the kids were all in a good enough place where I had the opportunity to think about what I was going to do I was had been teaching like I said at Northwestern for 15 years and was ready to take on a new adventure and uh, this seemed like really hands-on work that I could help um, moms and who were going through the hard stuff that I went through. So it really did take me gathering a lot of strength before I could really do, do what I wanted to do. Okay. I mean, we'll, we'll unpack that, but um, 
Well, uh, for now, let's discuss about the We Got This book. How did you convince Anne Lamont and Amy Poehler? Am I saying that right? Yeah, Amy Poehler. You know, she's that fun comedian from mm-hmm. uh, Parks and Recreation. And uh, Yeah, so it wasn't that I had any personal connection to them. It really was me being um, a very persuasive person mm-hmm. who will write letters and <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, we have some incredible writers, uh, Mary Carr and Anne Lamott's one of them as well. But um, I just wrote letters to their agents, to their publicists, to their publishers. <laughs> I think I just wore them down. <laughs> no. And I think that the project is one that, um, you know, I think that most writers are pretty proud to be there representing the solo mom community and also just, you know, being able to inspire solo moms. So I think the nature of the project project and also my persistence is what got so many really great writers in there that's good um because i know most of us i know me especially i have a hard time sometimes asking <laughs> oh i know i um i have you know i'm i I'm actually of Swedish descent and we tend to be very shy and we wait in line for hours and we're very, you know, it's, and so I've had to overcome a lot of cultural background to, to do what I wanted to do in my life. So I, you know, every time I would send the email, my heart was a little bit, you know, pounding like, okay, here we go. Well, not too much of a pain and, you know, but I just, I knew, you know, and I really believe in something and I'm passionate about something. Then I put myself out there and, you know, sometimes you get rejected and you just try again or you move on. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's just definitely it takes, you know, a little bit of just like take a deep breath and go for it. Yeah. And um, how long did it take you to gather? Because it's about, what, 75 solo mom stories? Yeah, we there's 75 what I would call voices in there. So some of them are just quotes like we got. Toni Morrison gave us a quote and um, Padma Lakshmi, you know, some really famous quotes and then about being a solo mom. And then there's about almost 70 essays and poems. And so it took, it took three years really because we wanted to have original content. Some of it is excerpted from other places, but most of it are are original stories, original poems. And so we, I use my community of, single moms that I knew, single mom writers around the country. And we asked them to submit their work. And then we had to sort through our favorite pieces. And then we had to make sure that, you know, one of our main goals was that um, there was a variety and a diversity of voices. So it wasn't like all women of divorce and it wasn't all white women and it wasn't, you know, all straight women. And so we really were balancing the level of, you know, talent with making sure that we really, recognize and acknowledge all the different voices um, are, that are out there in the solo mom community. That's really cool. Um, I wish I had known of this <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I went, I think, yeah, like three, I had to think about my own anniversary three years ago or so I was a single mom. Yeah, and so wouldn't it have been great to have a book that spoke to your heart instead of just, you know, the advice books? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any clear-cut advice, but this is really cool to um, gather the stories, especially from so many different types of families. Exactly. I mean, we uh, when we use the term solo mom, we mean not just, you know, like divorced or widowed moms, but moms whose partner 
might be deployed or a partner might be incarcerated or a partner might live across the ocean or a partner mm-hmm. might be disabled. So they're really bearing the burden of all, um, you know, and one of the stories is about a woman who uh, I'll do quote unquote lost her partner to mental illness and what that meant for her son. So yeah, we really, and we have a ref, you know, woman who's a refugee in there. So we really did try to bridge all of these different experiences. Like there are a lot, now we have more women that are solo moms by choice. You know, a lot of women are hitting that age and they're like, you know, I really want a kid. I haven't found the perfect partner. And so they're embarking on the journey by themselves. So there's just, um, it is, it's very exciting to represent sort of that whole larger perspective because people don't, they, they hear the word single mom and they just have a stereotype, so. Yeah, yeah. Or even us as single moms, we, we walk in the room and we automatically feel judged. Yeah, which um, this is the antithesis of that. We want you to feel honored. We want you to feel like you're amazing. That's what our book is about. <laughs> yes. So to go back to unpacking um, you deciding to form this great community, how did you know, like, what resources you wanted to provide these single moms, um, especially after getting married? Um, Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm a sociologist, and what we do is we study social groups. And one of the ways Mm -hmm. that we, I had been teaching issues around feminization of poverty and um, gender and race inequality. And so I kind of was, it was very familiar terrain. But then um, I did focus groups because, you know, that's what we do when we're trained that way. So I went out and actually was in Brooklyn and L.A., New York City, Chicago, this, those are the four locations. And I went out and just talked to a lot of single moms and talked about what their needs were. And then I tried to create a website that responded to that. And, and also from my own experience of feeling so vulnerable, feeling like there were times in the middle of the night that I would have wanted to reach out to someone, but you can't really call your friend at two in the morning or, you know, so all of the things that, you know, it's, it's a really a culmination of what I knew as an academic what I knew as a person who'd been through it, and then what I learned from hearing, you know, what all the, the moms told me. So then I tried to respond to, to what I felt would be most helpful. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really neat. Then with the We Got This book, uh, what would you say that you want anyone reading these stories to gain from your well, book, We Got This? For the moms that are solo moms, I think I want them to, you know, we have a phrase that Esme, solo doesn't mean alone. And it's just that mm-hmm. there is a community out there. There are people who can relate. There is, you know, that, that it's just that your experience matters. And so that I think for the reading from a solo mom perspective, I think is one of just, the, like I said before, honoring them and, and, and having their experience count and be out there. But I think if you're not a solo mom, I also think you should read the book because I think that it's breaking down sort of these ideas about what a single mom is and that also seeing the dedication and hard work that all of them, every mom, every single mom out there knows how hard it is, but and that, that, that kids, you know, are like the center of your universe, but then, you know, you're, you're another person as well, right? You might be these are writers but they might also talk about their other passions but I just think it shows that you know we can't have this monolithic stereotype so that would be for the the readers outside of 
you know, the solo mom community, but then the solo mom community, I think can draw inspiration and just feel like they're being, they're being seen. So. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Um, like for me, I know when I first came across this, oh, I thought of automatically was my sister. I've actually been trying to get her on the podcast. Uh, I'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> but my sister, she is a single mother and my nephew is autistic and has ADHD. And what she struggles with most is first finding a community of those moms. And then the second thing is finding resources for like my nephew. Because she's a single mom, she can't stay home. She has to work, you know. And most single mothers with children with mental disabilities um, end up staying home because either they can't find the resources or it's too much or they get tired of their child being rejected from different places. So, yeah, I really would love to speak to this because um, this is something that I really learned, not from the focus groups and beforehand, but after is how many moms of children with special needs are solo. So that, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, we talk about them solo moms being superheroes in general, but if you are a mom with a child with special needs and you're raising them on your own, you are, you know, freaking Herculean. I mean, it's, it's so challenging. And so we actually have on our website, a whole section uh, dedicated with hundreds of articles and a community and a, a guide who can help women navigate this really difficult role. Um, it's just, um, you know, we know that partnerships and marriages when there is a child with special needs are more likely to break up because of the pressure, because of the, you know, often someone just says, I can't, you know, it's harder for them. It's just the, it's just harder for that relationship to be sustained. So I think this is one of the things that where people should, can have more compassion and understand. We have, we have a couple of poems and, um, and an essay, and, and we got this about that, partic you know, that very specific situation. And I, like, as you know, you've watched your sister, and we, you know, we have the moms on our site, and we see how hard, hard it is when they can talk to each other about mm -hmm. that challenge. And when they can, we have something called sister chat where they can uh, talk any time of the day, any time of night. And, you know, that, that, in particular, when you're dealing with that kind of uh, that a little bit extra challenge, it's really great to find each other. Yeah. So this is more of an emotional support type of. Yeah. Community. Although we do have over 5,000 nonprofits listed by state. So mm -hmm. um, if you are looking for particular resources, you can f probably find them in our data set. And then we also have articles that speak to like, we have a guide, her name's Anna Stewart. She actually is uh, two children that are have special needs and um, she writes a lot of articles about sort of you know IEPs and uh, school situations and what do you do when everyone else is graduating and how does it feel and what do you do I mean it's really um, we have you know we try to really address so many of those concerns so I think that anyone who has a child with special needs is going to find something when they get to esme.com that, that speaks to their experience and not, I mean, the emotional connection is probably the most helpful at that moment, but also we, then we have very, you know, informative articles that would, would be helpful. That's awesome. I'll make sure that I'll forward that. To yeah, her. please do. That would be great. And, you know, we, we have other categories, like, you know, we have 20 main categories of support and resources with guides and others are adoption and there's addiction and there's, 
housing and there's finance and there's public assistance. So, you know, for whatever your struggle is or whatever, you know, it's well-being. And you know, we, we really try to, uh, you know, try to address the many facets of challenges when you're trying to raise a kid on your own because it's just really hard. I mean, parenting's hard in general, but then we try to, um, you know, um, go that step further. Our site is really dedicated to solo moms. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I send her Yeah, because that's who automatically popped in my head. Yeah, I think I she'll reading. like. I think she'll. I think she'll see right away that um, she's got you know lots of moms like her, and they're you know mm-hmm. trying to help each other out, cheer each other on. So now shifting to your author experience, uh, what would you say were some good or some bad experiences um, being an author? <laughs> um, you know, well, writing is always challenging. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I happen to like it a lot, but the I think rejection is probably the most challenging. You know, I had um, a short story that was workshopped and workshopped, and you know, I was trying to shift over from um, you know just teaching sociology to getting more in the literary community, and I joined a variety of workshops. And one story, everyone told me it was so fantastic, and I was getting really pumped up about it sent it to 20 places, you know, rejection, rejection, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, you know, and everyone says, you know, I believe that, I don't remember it was, um, you know, Stephen King or Kurt Vonnegut. It's one of those famous writers said that he just put up, would keep putting, tacking up rejection slips in the old days. They used to do that. Now we don't do that. We have, but that, you know, you just have to expect a lot of rejection because you're just you know, trying to figure things out and you, you're unknown and then, of mm-hmm. course, the most rewarding was when then, you know, another story that I felt like it was just flew out, off my fingertips and I wrote it quickly and then I sent it in and I actually won an award and got published right oh. away. And yeah, Congratulations. so, you know, that was really <laughs> awesome. You know, it was just so I think I've experienced the highs and the lows of that struggle. You know, every most writers want, you know, some kind of affirmation and they hope they've reached an audience. And so, um, you know, I think that that just everyone says you know you gotta have that mental fortitude to believe in what you're doing and trust yourself and I think that first the one story that got rejected over and over was one that I had just tried to do what everyone told me to do you know they just kept telling me this oh do this do this and I was like okay okay and the other story was one that was really organic and just I mean it was about a Japanese sushi chef and it just came to me and it just flew out of someplace I don't know if he was haunting me or whatever but he was there fully formed and I wrote it and then of course that one was you know the one that got better reception so okay yeah so this is a traditionally published book right the um actually we got this as a hybrid publisher it's um she writes press and um they got to just were awarded independent book press of the year by the next generation book awards and it's the first time that a hybrid press has won that so i think it's sort of the future of publishing so what that what hybrid means is that it's distributed traditionally so like we're on amazon and we're on um in barnes and noble and indie books but we i actually had to put some money up front to invest in the actual publishing of my of our book so Mm -hmm. it's kind of a um you know the traditional route uh wasn't necessarily open to us it just uh was I tried to I went to some of the very big publishers and although I got some nice feedback they weren't they did not pick up the book which I was obviously disappointed in 
And then I found out about this hybrid model and, um, you know, so far so good. It seems like we're getting a lot of pre-orders and it's just, um, the press itself is, you know, she writes presses, it's run by women and it's all women authors. And so I really like where we landed, but of course it was discouraging at first to, um, you know, not have those big, big publishers pick it up. Uh, but I have a feeling that once it's out there, they will real regret it. <laughs> Let's hope so. I know, exactly. <laughs> Let's hope so. And they can give you a deal even if, you know, it's already published. So that's Yeah, that's and the beautiful thing that. is, you know, there'll be upcoming books after that. And then we can show that we were, you know, we, I didn't have a track record. I was, I was not a, um, you know, it was our, the first book that I was editing. And so um, I get it. You know, it's tough. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Okay. But when you say that it's hybrid, that means they do all of your marketing? Um, they don't do the marketing. Uh, they, there's a lot of marketing help, but they, mm-hmm. they do the pub, they print the book, they publish the book, and then they put it with a traditional distributor, which is Ingram. And so it's very much like, right, once the book is done, it's very much like a traditional book. So they, they connect with the libraries, they connect with the bookstores and they do all that. So the only piece that's not traditional is that you actually have to make an investment in the actual like process of publishing it. And, you know, they, they only take a certain, I think it's 40 books each season. So they're pretty picky about um, who they publish, but they just have a, a, a business model where you have to invest, uh, you know, it's like, five thousand dollars in the beginning and so it's not obviously not open to everyone because it's financially difficult but they are they do have some scholarships i know and um you know so i think it's unfortunately the future of publishing because we see these publishing houses get bigger and bigger and then it's only the superstars that get their books picked up and if you're not famous it gets really tricky so i wasn't famous and but but We'll see. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, you got to bypass the gatekeepers. Yeah, we're doing um, our, I, our best. Right. I was just trying to understand if um, by you paying that up front, if they took care of like getting an editor and actually find an illustrator and, and, and all that stuff for you, or if you still had to do that as well. No, they have editors and they have, um, I don't know about illustrators because we don't have any images in our book but they have most of the stuff that the traditional publishers have and um so yeah and there's a whole community and they take you through it pretty carefully and they teach you there's a lot of things that you do on your own that I'm not sure I mean my friends who do traditional publishing tell me we're almost doing exactly the same thing and the three three other co-editors have all been published traditionally before and they're like yeah this is weeks it's they they don't there's not a huge difference I think the huge difference is just up front, you know, instead of getting, you know, for example, Dominica Ruda, who's co-editor, she got, get, got money up front for her book, right, to write the mm-hmm. book, and we had to put money up front. So it just seems mm-hmm. like the front end is decidedly different, but everything else is, um, is the same, and that's pretty great. And, and you actually get more of a percentage of the, if there is a, you know, books don't make a lot of money, but, you know, you do get a higher percentage then later of royalties. your royalties yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay cool so now that we got that away, <laughs> yeah. uh, nuts and bolts <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, why would you say that the book was written mostly in like poems and essays instead of like short stories? Was that like a preference of yours or you just kind of left it up to the moms? No, this was, I think, a, just a very a, a conscious, creative decision. Uh, we wanted, your know, short stories tend to be fiction and we wanted the, the real stories. And so we mm-hmm. selected and we wanted to hear in their voice then we felt like if it was going to be a personal expression then we wanted poems and and these essays and also it has that nice function of being easier to pick up and put down and solo moms are hugely busy and so you don't have to like a novel you you know you have to you're kind of sometimes plowing through and then you can't get back to it for a month and then you forgot where you were what page was I on and so now (laughs) this is a book that you know you might just want to look at a couple poems and then you can later dig into an essay. And so we have a lot of different lengths of essays and um, it's just the kind of book that just lends itself to the solo mom life, but also just expresses, um, you know, cause I mean, there's some beautiful poems in there that are, you, you get a sense of the experience that you wouldn't have been able to get from a short story. And then the essays are just, they're written from their heart. So yeah, that, I think that was a very self-conscious decision. Okay, cool. That's, I mean, now that you put it that way, it makes sense. So, which is a perfect segue for the next question. Um, what would you encourage any single moms that may be listening to do when they're struggling balancing like family and career aspirations and preserving an identity as a woman? Because I feel like that's what we struggle with most once you become a mom. It's kind of like you just become mom and you kind of forget who you are. Oh, I know. 100%. I actually, uh, I just, I just wrote a piece about sort of the mental health challenges and that one of the mental health challenges is that your, your identity feels so tiny, right? It's like your Mm -hmm. mom in capital letters. Um, So one of the things I just want to put out there is that, you know, unfortunately society expects you to work as if you don't have children and then you're mm-hmm. supposed to parent as if you don't have a job and that's completely unattainable. Like it's completely, you can't do it. I mean, Michelle Obama got criticized for saying you can't have a work-life balance, but I completely agree with her. It's impossible mm-hmm. to think we can have balance. So what do you do when you don't, when balance is not achievable, you do your best to hang on to who you are inside and raise your children and then to have your job. And sometimes you're going to be great at your job. And sometimes, you know, maybe you're, you know, doing fast food for your kid at night, one night, no big deal. Right. And another right. time you might be, you know, spending, taking some time off from your job to usher your kid through a really hard time. Right. There's always going to be this ebb and flow of where you can be the best person or the best worker or the best mom you can be. And so I just would say to women who are struggling with this, your happiness is really important. And if your happiness is about you know, a passion, a work, you know, a being a writing poetry, you have to do it. You can't put that aside. You need to feed your soul. And then when you're happy, your kids are going to be enriched and happier. I mean, when I started Esme, it took a lot of work, but I was feeling very fulfilled. And I think my kids could, they were enjoying that feeling of me coming in excited and talking about things. And, you know, they, they would ask me questions about it. And so the passion could flow over. And I think that, you know, 
if you feed yourself as a human being and not just a mom, your kids are actually going to benefit. So, and it's, I'm not trying to pretend that it's easy, right? That's the thing. It's, it's sometimes exhausting and hard and demoralizing and that's okay. Cause the next day you get up and you try again and you just continue to try to feed yourself and then your kids are going to benefit. I don't know. I just, um, I have so much empathy and compassion for women who are like all of us moms trying to juggle all this because it is, it's, it's really hard. And so, um, no one, no one should try to say that it's not. <laughs> right, right. I just think it, you know, we admit that it's hard and then every day do your best. And, you know, sometimes you're going to, and, and, for, and, you know, forgive yourself for a day that, you know, I have definitely put my kids in front of the TV with some food so I could get something done or if I had to do something. And then there are other days when at work, I was like, you know what, I really have to go to school and talk to my kid's teacher. And then I'm going to take my kid out afterwards because they're going to be feeling bad. <laughs> you know, like you just mm-hmm. do it. You just figure it out. You just figure it out. <laughs> right. And the other layer of that is, I mean, I don't know what your experience is. How do you juggle dating again? Oh, yeah. Becoming a mom? <laughs> yeah, we have actually a dating section at Esme.com, and we have a dating guide, and she's hilarious. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, when I was, um, you know, on the market, <laughs> it was, I, you know, I, I had a divorce situation where my kids were with their dad three days a week. And so I had, I was like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can go out and date, but then it was kind of terrifying. And um, I had to make certain rules because I kind of, I found myself in situations, which I didn't really like. I was like, oh, this is, I mean, I did speed dating one time and I'm like, oh God, this is terrible. <laughs> I'm never doing this again. But you know, I was at least game. I, I tried. <laughs> but the other thing was like, when do you, if you are dating someone, like when do you introduce the kids and how much do you tell the kids about, you know, and I think, you know, on, on, on Esme, we have a lot of dialogues about this because, um, you know, you have to be careful. You don't want your kids necessarily really thinking either. Sometimes the kids don't like the person you're dating or maybe they are falling in love with the person you're dating. And it's just, you know, there's a lot of things that could be tricky. And then just finding the time to date. I have many one of the questions we have that we ask uh, people when they sign up for the site, different questions so they can kind of find, you know, tell them about themselves. And that we ask about dating and often they're just like, no interest, you know, don't have time. I'm too tired, you know? And I mm-hmm. see, I see the progression like where, you know, when you're newly single, it's often like, you know what, I'm just going to focus on my kids for a while. And then once you see your kids are doing well, or, you know, then, then there's a branching out, but, it's hard. I mean, dating's, dating's hard. <laughs> yes. But we have a lot of good advice about like web different dating sites and just funny, funny, um, different situations and where people will recognize themselves because, um, you know, in getting back out there, if you haven't been out there maybe for 20 years, like with the, the mom body, all that stuff, we have a lot of <laughs> so. Yeah, we all know that plays a factor. Yeah, it really so, I mean, I've been over here just calling you Marika Landholm, completely undermining the fact that you're a doctor. So, Dr. Marika Landholm, um, can you tell us what ESME stands for? Sure. It's an acronym. ESME is Empowering Solo Moms Everywhere. So, that's what oh. we stand for. Yep. And ESME is nice because it, it's a, it means... In, 
that uh, beloved or you are loved in, uh, you know, long ago in romance languages. So it just kind of was one of those nice coincidences. So we had the acronym Empowering Soul Alarms Everywhere, but just ESME is a nice shorthand for it. So. Okay, that's awesome. Do you have any, like, examples of a single mom that you met through ESME and, you know, like their complete, their life completely changed <laughs> or did you meet any of them? Well, so, um, you know, it's confidential. So some of the moms, you can go on with the, you know, what we call it, you know, a username and they don't put their photo. And, but I, I will tell you that I have seen, you know, and I don't, I've not met them in person, but mm-hmm. I've watched over the last couple of years where someone came on and they were, um, you know, often, I mean, I have two in my head that were both were facing domestic violence and uh, the whole other moms shared with them, you know, how to do it, get out safely. And, um, you know, now they're actually the cheerleaders for other moms, like have come mm-hmm. back and, you know, been on the brink and mm-hmm. um, created a new life for themselves. And I'm not saying that they're like not struggling you know, financially, but they're, they're, they're safe and they're encouraging other moms. And so, yeah, I mean, I've seen, I can just tell you, I've been in the trenches now and, um, you know, we've had situations where, you know, we've just, other people have come in and helped so much. And uh, we've just tried to encourage people to make moves safely. And, um, you know, sometimes I've like sent a gift card for someone to get formula you know, it's like sometimes oh. it's down, just down and basic like that. And then sometimes it's um, women finding each other to have share a home, you know, mm. two solo moms. Because we have local groups as well. So you can find moms um, that are, we don't have it all over the United States, but we have 25 like, like major cities where people can find each other. And so I do know of two moms that now live in Chicago and they share a house there. And that's really cool. And then there's like, if you, if you want to see like a visual of um, someone who's transformed, we have um, a woman, there's a woman, Stephanie Land, who used to write articles about being homeless and then getting a degree um, as a, uh, her got her college degree as a solo mom. And now she is a best-selling author of a book called Maid, where she writes about being a maid. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, she's. Oh, I have that one. Is yeah. That the novel? It's a, it's her memoir. Yeah. Yeah, I have that one. I said I'm going to read it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so Stephanie didn't, I mean, when we met her way back when, she was really struggling and she wrote articles for us and she did videos for us about that experience. And now she's like in a different stratosphere of, you know, like she's just, I think now that might make a TV show about her book. So Mm. talk about a transformation. Now, that's not because of Esme necessarily, but we were certainly, um, you were able to see someone she's a pretty exciting person to watch because you saw someone who was um struggling and she she was helping us with um she was our public assistance guide for a while and then she's moved on but um you know we try to get women who've been in these situations who are the guides and they help other moms and so um yeah there's there's just so many stories of um people coming together and helping each other it's actually really powerful uh i didn't necessarily i mean one of the things i want to say is that you know women who are themselves struggling have been so amazingly generous with their time and energy helping other moms and i think that sometimes we don't think of women that way and i just like to counter that stereotype because these are they're, they're really helping one another all the time it's really amazing 
Oh, Dr. Marika, you deserve like an award. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm just like, it's really awesome to see it. It's just incredible. I mean, we have 75 Facebook groups too. We have in every single state, we have a Facebook group, like, you know, whether it's in Charlotte or whether it's in, you know, Fargo or wherever it is all over the country and that you can see it there too. They just really, really help each other. And I just think that story is not told enough about how much, how women really are like inspiring each other and helping each other. Because you always hear about, oh, and they are fighting, and they, were, you know, that's just not. I'm just going to say that's not the case. I, I, I see that. I see that how generous moms are with each other all the time. Yeah, single moms, but you know, just women. Maybe that narrative still needs some work. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, would how would you say that we can help? break some of these stigmas I mean I'm sure you've experienced some as being a single mom but how could we as a society help break some of the stigmas that revolve around being a single mom yeah I mean so I'll just tell like a personal story first one is when I got divorced I had lost friends I had people think I wanted to take their husbands I had I mean it was ridiculous I couldn't believe mm-hmm. what sort of this the new world that opened up to me, I was really depressing. I was like, come on, I'm not, I mean, this is the guy that you talked to me about, you know, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want your husband. <laughs> and, um, and then there was just, you know, um, the sense that, you know, you're just trying to get a handout or whatever. There's just so many stereotypes. And I want to say that they're not true. And that's why the book's so important to me is because the book shows the variety of single moms and solo mom experiences. And I think that, you know, instead of just assuming something about a solo mom is that talk to them and find out and you'll probably find out they're a lot more accomplished, a lot more interesting, a lot more, you know, there's a lot more going on than you think. And so one is just be open to learning about, um, you know, a variety of solo moms. And that's why the book's there, I think. And, but the other is just, we need to move past this like old idea. I mean, the research shows that single moms usually have one kid not lots of kids. Single moms are working two jobs, so they're really hardworking. They're not lazy and necessarily on public assistance. They're not mm-hmm. um, necessarily, you know, bad moms, right? And they're not necessarily, I mean, there's just so many of these weird stereotypes that come up in politics, they come up in the media. And, you know, I just think that if anyone has a role where they're, say you're, you know, doing a TV show, if you're a producer or a director, or if you're writing a book, or, or if you, you know, have any ability to shape opinion, I think you just do, you know, it would be wonderful if you could then broaden the notion of what a single mom is. I mean, there's a lot of variety among single moms. And, um, you know, it would help if we actually had policies that supported single moms, so they weren't necessarily um, always, you know, poverty is an issue for my that community. It's real. I mean, how are you supposed to be able to take care of kids and hold a full-time job. I mean, it's just, it's really difficult if you don't have policies that support family leave, or if you don't have policies that's, you know, for daycare, or if you don't have health care. So there's just a lot of political action that can happen, and then individual action that I think would help single moms. And it's, I know that uh, people sometimes have a soft spot, but overall, I haven't seen a lot of collective action over this. And that's why I feel like my building a community and talking to other moms and breaking down stereotypes is so important because they're raising 23 million American children. This is not a small amount of people. 
you know, they predict by in the next 10 years that half of all kids under 18 will be raised by a single mom at some point. So this is really important for our nation and really important for, you know, this, all these kids that are being raised and they're doing, the moms are doing amazing. They're doing a great mm-hmm. job, but we're just not supporting them. And so that's like, that's what drives me every day. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you deserve an award. <laughs> Uh, just um I, I need to add on to that I mean my experience with that uh one of the biggest stigmas that I dealt with was when I dated and this was something that I actually heard I guess from a guy is that once you have children and you t- and you try to date first your options become slimmer and second you're kind of considered perished goods because you're coming with baggage into a relationship. And that was something that I really had to get over because in my head, I felt like I had to be more submissive because I come with problems. And I had to learn that, no, like that's not the way that it's supposed to be. I'm still a human being and I should be treated just like anyone else. And I'm not going to lower my standards because I'm a mom. Oh no, I totally hear you on this one. Um, and it's actually been a big topic of discussion in our community where, um, and I think there's a couple articles saying why, why men should date and women and men, anyone should date a solo mom is that, you know, First of all, they know how to take care of themselves, right? They're not mm-hmm. going to rely on you. They know um, they value time. They know, I mean, there's just a lot of, they're, they're a whole human being. They have rich experiences. They're, I mean, there's just so many different things that you bring a value to a relationship. And that's what I think solo moms have to, and like you said, you had to get over it. I totally agree. It's something that, you know, if you don't want to be with a person who thinks mm-hmm. that way, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's the bottom line. And, um, you know, if you, it's just so important for the moms themselves to just understand their value. I mean, you bring so much, you're such, you're a deeper, richer person because you've done that parenting and you have those relationships. So that's, that's really important, but I agree. I mean, and that, I mean, there's so many dumb, dumb stigmas around that, you know, it's just, but there's plenty of, plenty of remarriages and relationships that come after, I mean, um, I mean, I remarried someone who had three kids and I had two kids and now we have eight kids. And, you know, like the modern, mm-hmm. the modern family is complex mm-hmm. and, you know, ever evolving. So I just think, yeah, that, um, that we definitely have some funny articles about that because it's just so ridiculous. And the, yes. the people who think that don't deserve to be with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. You I know. mean, I was lucky enough that I found someone. He didn't have children, but now we have two kids. That's awesome. So it was... Um, it was interesting to see the change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so where can everyone find you? Well, esme.com, esme.com is the website. And we are all over social media, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And then mm-hmm. for the book specifically, I want to give a shout out. We have a web page called wegotthisbook.com. Oh, and okay. yeah, we got this book.com. You can find out about 
um, you know, the contributors and the editors and the events and some reviews. And um, so, yeah, those are, we're pretty easy to find. Okay. Is it out on pre-order or? It is, yeah. Purchase now? It's on pre-order. September 10th is the publication date and you can pre-order it on Barnes and Noble or Amazon or Indie Books. And um, yeah, we're really excited about it. Do you have any like current events going on soon? Like any book signings or workshops? We're going to be in Brooklyn at the Brooklyn Book Fair on September 22nd. Um, oh. Yeah. So we'll be there. And um, then um, on that book page, the wegotthisbook.com page, we're going to be in the New York area at some events in September in Chicago area in October and then in the um, Bay area in November because uh, we have the co-editors from each of those places. So we're doing a a couple events in in those three main places. And then if anyone wants to have us come into another place, we'd be happy to come and share our passion for solo mom stories. So. Oh, well, it was a pleasure talking to you. I hate to say goodbye. There's so much stuff that can be <laughs> It was great talking to you, too. And definitely send your sister our way. <laughs> yes, I'm going to forward her the information. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank Dr. you. Marika Linholm. Thank you so much. And that is it, guys. With, I mean, can we discuss? Ciao. that was a wrap for today thank you so much for listening to i mean can we discuss don't forget to subscribe follow us if you want to see what we're up to what projects we're up to and enjoy the rest of your day night wherever you might be i was your host asher ferguson signing off